This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in again, another episode of Fifth Avenue Faceoff. I am Chris Mack. He is Eric Tang Grady, and we're diving right into this one headlong. We're going to talk West Coast in a couple of minutes with Eric Stevens. He's out in Southern California covering both the Ducks and Kings. We're going to talk big picture issues with Sean Gentili of The Athletic as well. But Tango, I, I still don't know where I'm at on this question that I'm going to lob at you to start this thing right out of the gate. And it's is a win like last night's, the comeback win over Colorado in OT with Casey DeSmith standing on his head or at least stopping the puck with his head several times in overtime. The boy's not really showing up until the third period and then stepping on the gas late. Is that one of those games that can be what they call a turning point as I make the air quotes with my fingers? Stanley Cup, here we come. <laughs> now, now um, listen, I, I will say like the, the common theme is like, yeah, they found a way to win, and it like I love it. I think I love it because I think we're getting one most important question I think in Pittsburgh we have right now is like goaltending, right? So whether yesterday was an outlier or or, or not, or you know whatever, like we're giving confidence to a goaltender. So that to me is like right. a huge plus. Um, the second part is okay, backs up against the wall, like immaturity is just like we just show up in the second and we just kind of like wait for the game to come to us like i love the the part of the team just being like no like let's just let's just keep grinding keep finding a way sticking with it sticking with it um finding a way to stay in a hockey game like to me that's encouraging because if we can get a goaltender to steal a game if we can get like everything is just big picture right like this team gets in the playoffs and now you you see a glimpse of maybe we do have a goaltender who can steal a game against the best team in the league like even the tampas the the, the colorado's like you go through a seven game series four of those games are 50 50 and then it comes down to like who can step up steal a game be a hero so to me I was I was very very encouraged with their ability to just be resilient, stick in it, and then obviously, maybe in weeks and games past, like 
goaltender lets up three or four in that situation and the game's over. Well, like now he's just standing on his head for a period and keeping us in a hockey game. Um, I loved it. <laughs> yeah. So there's not, well, I mean, other than the, the slow start, which I guess let's start here though, before we, we, we rewind in, in a sense to uh, the, the avalanche game specifically, do they have, in your opinion, whether it's Jari when he's healthy or it's the Smith and the way he played against the abs, do they have that goaltending that you think can steal them, forget a game or two in a series, but maybe steal them around in the playoffs? The sample size is not large enough. That's the problem, yeah. right? Like, that's where I think I'm trying to be as overly optimistic as I can. Like, one game, one period doesn't make a season. I, I hope this builds some sort of internal confidence that he can get to that point. So if you're asking me yes or no today, like, no, <laughs> but but I'm trying to be optimistic that like, hey, last night, let's be the, the, the stepping stone to get to that point. But right. no, you're it's a, it's a valid question. Like if he can put this together, if one of them can pick, put it together and like take take charge and, and grab the bull by the horns and say, this is my net. Like that's an encouraging thing. Like when you look at goaltenders in the past who have won here, like Matt Murray had to outcompete Mark Andre Fleury to get the net. We talk about internal competition from the bottom six. Like, I'd love to see two healthy goalies just go toe-to-toe here down the stretch of, like, this is my net, not you're playing good and now you get pulled and now I'm going to get a week to try it. Like, no, let's right. have two, two 1A, 1B that can push each other and let's see who wants to take the net. So the next logical progression then is let's, let's, let's take it positively and say, okay, we think one of these guys might be able to be the goaltender that steps up and steals them around in the playoffs. Can the core, the big three, 87, 71, 58, with that kind of goaltending, or maybe even without that goaltending, maybe just based on what we saw from them when they were on the ice together in overtime, as an example, against uh, against Colorado, can those three still win them around or maybe even two in the playoffs? Because now we're doing the math and the algebra of, hey, if a goaltender steals this much and – the 87, 78, one and 58 steal this much. Well, now maybe we've got two rounds before we know we're in the conference finals. Right. Yeah. And that's where the depth part comes in, right? Like I, I'm still, the, the Eastern conference has to get through Boston, right? Like right. I, I think the immaturity of Carolina, they haven't, I mean, on, when I watch them, they're incredible. Um, when they're on paper, they're incredible, but you know, have they gone through, the trenches uh, of playoffs to make me convinced that they're unbeatable. Like not quite yet. Tampa, obviously they're battle tested. Um, so to, if, if we're talking that this group has to get through a Boston and a Tampa, like, no, they're, I don't think they're there yet because we're still missing that, that line that we can throw out against the Bergerons and the, and the Pastor Knox mm-hmm. and the Marshawns that can shut them down. And then, I mean, right now you have to play Sid's line against every other team's top line. That is not a recipe for success in the playoffs. I know he can do that, but when you're getting 22 minutes out of your top top six forwards, like that's not sustainable over the length of a playoff. So right now I, I still think they're missing a piece or two um, to be taken like as a, as a real serious like beast of an East like they were in the past. But I, I think – you know, some some confidence, some positivity, maybe give Hex all that confidence. Like, maybe we're not a fringe team. Maybe I do need to go out. And I know I promised everybody I'd never touch a first-round pick for a trade, but, like, this team's this team's better and, and more, more proven than I thought that maybe I do need to go out there and give them something. So, as far as the game against the Avs specifically goes, you suggested the other day, 
see if you can take McCarr out of the game or at the very least limit him and then kind of roll the dice with McKinnon. And it looked like that was their plan, even if it wasn't executed all that well in the first couple of periods, or maybe it was executed well. And that's why we saw Nathan McKinnon just ripping heater after heater at Casey DeSmith. Uh, they didn't really take McCarr limit him though until late when he was quite literally taken out of the game by Jeff Carter. So I'll ask a, a two pronged question here. One is, can this work against other teams? Because they're going to play less talented teams, to be honest, over the next couple of nights out West. Uh, that's one. And then two is, as it relates to the Carter hit specifically on McCarr, is that something he should be worried about hearing from the league on? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um. I think there's a lot of positives to take out of that game. Now, the biggest thing I've noticed, I think we've all noticed with the Penguins, is like they tend to play against who they're playing against, right? Like they right. play against Colorado. I think it was like a good kick in the teeth the first period of like, whoa, this team's the real deal. But we still have it in us to match their intensity, match their compete. Well, can we go out Friday night against an Anaheim Tux team? That's playing very, very strong hockey, but it's a little bit more high risk reward, not fully rounded in my opinion. But can we have that same intensity when the puck drops or are we going to wait to see what Anaheim Ducks are going to, how they're going to play us. Um, so that's just kind of, again, the identity of this team that um, I think we're all waiting for is like, when you show up like the Pittsburgh Penguins, like is that identity getting in everybody's face when the puck drops, regardless of who we're playing or, or are we kind of like a wait and see type of uh, type of team. And then when it comes to the Jeff Carter hit, there's, there's two things like for me, I think it's more of, it is, seems a little bit more like incidental contact to me, like kind of just like a bad timing type thing. And I'm there, but I'm not there. But judging by how inconsistent the NHL player safety has been and and the, being that it's Kale McCarr, I do think as much as they try to like pretend that it's an even playing field for all the hits, like certain players get certain uh, level of, of respect when it comes to injuries and hits and those types of things. So uh, I don't know. I, I think that he'd probably not get a phone call because I think or whatever the one in person, he's not going to have an in-person hearing, but I would expect right. some sort of conversation about the hit. Were, were you surprised? It didn't seem like there was much pushback from the abs when that happened. I know it was a bang, bang play and maybe some guys didn't even notice the contact that Carter made with McCarr up high. And maybe they did look at the way you just described it as uh, incidental contact. But you would think when a guy of that caliber goes down, as we usually see from teams, whether it's legal, illegal, whatever, a guy of that stature goes down, typically you'll see the other guys on the ice immediately go after the offender in that case, which was Jeff Carter. And it, it we, we didn't really get that out of Colorado, which I thought was odd. Yeah, it was very strange. I, I would agree. Like, I think... You, you take into account like, oh, Jeff Carter is a proven veteran and he's respected and, um, you know, they, they, maybe someone didn't see the hit. Like, I think we're at the day and age where if any superstar gets hit, like gloves are just off and it just will right. figure out. We'll actually figure out what happened later. Fight first, figure out what happened later. Um, yeah, I was I was very surprised to see that. Um Again, even like as the game progressed, like not much of a, like a response to that. So I don't know if it was 
just after all-star break and kind of guys trying to figure out the getting back into the flow. But I was very surprised to see that as well. Like not somebody at least just pretending to drop the gloves and just act like it was a, a problem, you know? Yeah, it, it was it was odd. I thought, it, again, like you said, in the day and age that we're in now where it's more about drop the gloves first and defend your teammate and worry about whether it was clean or not later. I mean, every big hit, again, even the cleanest ones, that you catch some guy in the tracks at center ice, it still usually results in some kind of immediate response, especially when it's on a star like Kale McCarr. But to not see that was interesting, especially from a, a Jared Bednar team who I thought would be – you know, he preached one of the things he, he talked about, one of the first things he talked about yesterday after the morning skate was intensity and which team would find their intensity first. Obviously, the Abs found theirs, but that was an interesting moment, especially late in the game where they, they lost it. And you could argue without Makar on the ice for, for most of those final five, six, seven minutes, that's when the Penguins were able to take advantage. Zucker, Malkin, uh, and Rust. Uh, I, I'm a, a bigger proponent of Raquel on the top line. I think he looks great with Sid. And when you get Zucker and Malkin with Rust, I think you get a little grittier, grimier line. That seemed to work last night as well. Yeah, yeah. I, again, like uh, Gino's arguably still one of the best one-on-one players in the world. But, you know, you still got to have those guys who want to get in the corners and work to get pucks, get in on the forecheck, add a little physicality. Um, you know, when you look at some of Gino's best line mates over the years, he's always had like at least one of those meat and potato guys who will go out, dig pucks, get him the, get him, get him the puck in space to make plays. And that's it. Like I've been, you know, I, I think as a whole, everyone has been a lot has been hard on on Zucker for the most part last year, the injuries, those things. But I mean, he's come in with some tenacity this year that's been really aspiring to watch and um, kind of somebody who, you know, I don't know if he listens to the media, but you can tell he's got a little chip on his shoulder that like, I'm going to get back to my roots, my foundation of being a North South meet, you know, hard on pucks type of player. And he's getting rewarded and having some success doing that so far this year. Yeah, especially on that uh, game-tying shift last night. He was playing like like his hair was on fire. One last thing I wanted to ask you, Tango, before we let you run. Um, is it hard to stay focused when you're on these nice-weather Sunbelt road trips? It shouldn't be in the Pens case, right? Coming off a big win over the Avs, uh, coming out of the All-Star break. You sh- most guys were just probably somewhere warm, right, relaxing for a few days. I wouldn't think it would be too hard to stay focused, but again – you get to go to sunny Southern California in in early to mid-February. I would think the distractions loom, even if you've got back-to-back games on on Friday and Saturday. Is it hard for a group to stay focused in that case, or is everybody worried about a tee time? (laughs) No, you know what? I think you're right. You're spot on with the fact that they just came back an all-star break, and it it sounds like the entire Penguins team was in the Bahamas for – for about a week. Um, so I think that does play into account. Like we just got back from break. We're probably feeling a little bit guilty, all the food and, and, and wine we ate and drank down there. So I'd say this will be more the probably the most business oriented West coast road trip you'll get out of a team just because they came off of that. Now, if you ask me this question, like in the midst of December after uh, a gloomy fall and in hard winter December, I'd be like, yeah, maybe, maybe a little bit too much pool time. Maybe uh, somebody's getting, sunburn at the pool but i'd say this is probably more of a directed at being a business trip uh, just because of what happened last week with the break well before we talk again on monday when they'll face the sharks they will have like i mentioned friday and saturday back to back the ducks and the kings we laid it out the other day hey this this segment of four games with colorado and the three out west you got to get at least bare minimum four points i hate to change expectations now 
but you pocketed the two against Colorado. That was an absolute Ocean's Eleven style heist that you pulled it off and got those two points. So go get me four more now. Go get me four out West. I don't care if it's two in Anaheim and two in San Jose, however you have to do it. I think that feels like this is where we talked about. This is an opportunity to leapfrog Washington, to maybe catch the Rangers, to start put, to put some distance between yourself, put Buffalo in the rearview mirror, teams like that that are behind you. Yeah, and we talk about like minor stepping stones throughout the season. Like I don't – like this game on Friday to me is – it's the biggest game of the road trip. And I know it's cliche to say like the biggest next, the next game is the biggest game of the year, but like, that's a game you got to go into a, an environment in Anaheim where, you know, I'm not going to speak for their crowd, but like the, 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 the energy in the building's not through the roof. Like it's right. kind of like a, you, it's a self-starter game. You got to find it in yourself to be a professional national hockey league player. And, you know, you're, you're supposed to win that hockey game. Again, Anaheim's playing great hockey, not to take anything away from them. But, like, you got to go in there and you got to get two points. Then when we get into Saturday, which we can't overlook Friday, like, we got to find a way to play, like, a, a hard road game and steal a point maybe two in L.A. But that one, to me, is – that's going to be a tough, tough game to play. But Friday night's got to be the biggest game of the road trip, and then you build from there. Saturday night, a big uh, Dustin Brown uh, number retiring or, or, or honoring as well, I think, uh, out there in L.A. So the Kings may have a little extra hop. We'll see. Uh, I'll let you enjoy the weekend, Eric. It, it'll be good to catch up again on Monday. We'll have a couple games to talk about. And good to see the boys kind of come out of the gate if slow in the first and second period, step on the gas late. Yeah, two points is two points. Huge win to get things started. To, we'll call it the second half. Um, and hopefully they can keep things rolling. Looking forward to catching up with you on Monday. Sounds good. Eric Tang Grady, former Penguin, with me a couple times every week here on Fifth Avenue Faceoff. When we come back, we take a big picture look at a few things around the league with Sean Gentili of The Athletic.